There's a new music business for the 21st century, and now is the best time ever to be in the music business. Because in the new music business, the artist is in charge. My name's Rick Barker, and I've been blessed to make a living in the music business for almost 30 years. I'm a personal manager, author, speaker. Many know me as the manager who launched the career of Taylor Swift. But what I'm most proud of are the thousands of artists from around the world that I manage daily and help navigate this crazy business. This podcast is designed to keep you up to date with the changes in the business and to give you the mindset, tools, and resources that you need to succeed. Helping you navigate the music industry, here's Rick Barker with the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. Today, I am super excited to talk to Jenny Powers from Blue Avenue Music Group. Many of you know her as one of the instructors inside of Ari's uh, Academy uh, from Ari's Take. And this was just a great conversation. I'm excited for you guys to be able to eavesdrop in on it. And you're going to learn a ton of stuff. So have something to write with. And if you're listening while you're driving in the car, uh, you can always go to rickbarker.com forward slash podcast and watch it when you get home. And any of the links that we mentioned, I'll make sure you'll find them there as well. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the podcast. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. So are you uh, a remote business owner now too? I was always a remote business owner. Yeah, it was interesting because people ask me, they're like, so what is it that you do? I said, well, I guess it has a word now. It's called social distancing because I've been teaching artists on Zoom for three years. Yeah, we just yeah. never had a, had a name for it. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's kind of it's great that way because all my buddies are all laughing. They're like, are you retired? I'm like, no. They're like, but you're out here at the golf course like five days a week. I said, well, I schedule all my live stuff on Mondays because the golf course is closed. I said, if it's cold, I'll book all my stuff in the morning and golf in the afternoon. And if it's warm, I'll book all my stuff in the afternoon and golf in the morning. I said, they're like, oh my gosh, I never thought of it like that. I'm like, yeah, there's so many different things that we can do now with our businesses that we weren't able to do before. Yeah. Where are you located? I'm in Nashville. You're in Nashville. I live in Myrtle Beach. So when you say golf, like that's all we do. Right. Right. That works out perfect. That works out perfect. So uh, it's, it's interesting when I'm, I'm speaking with Jenny Powers and, and Jenny and I are going to dive into some really cool topics of conversation. But when your representative reached out, told me a little bit about you. And I sat there and I, I thought to myself for a second, I'm like, these things that we're teaching independent artists are things that the major labels aren't even focusing on themselves right now. And it's so amazing that they're still stuck in that old model. And here you are someone who came out and started your business and your label. So tell everyone a little bit about yourself and let's kind of walk into this conversation of what we can do to help serve some of these indie artists that think that there's no hope for them, because I think there is. Well, interesting. I come from a, um, music family um and when I say music family like very indie artist um my brother's in a reggae band my sister was a touring artist um in like 10 years ago um and we have a girls rock and roll camp in Nashville that she founded and so we do a lot of work with that as well um but I really dove into my business and what I wanted to do when my brother was like, I can't get any help. 
And so um, Ari had just put out a book about the new um, music industry. And there it is, yeah. And I was able to take that book and go, okay, all of this makes so much sense. And if we can really lay out a business plan based on this, then we'll be able to, to do really good for the artists, you know? Um, I think a lot of it was just the unknowns, like it's so confusing. And I think some of it is intentionally confusing to keep sure. people out of things. And so just having a, a way to lay out a plan and go, okay, this is what we can do. And that's really how I got started. And I just wanted to have a place, you know, it's, we have Blue Avenue, it's the place to be where our artists can be creative, be artistic and be valued and just know that we're going to be there to support them and whatever their artistic endeavors are. So I talk a lot about, you know, today I was, I was saying something and Ari and I are dear friends and I've helped him sell thousands of books through my email list and never asked for a dime because I knew it, it's what people needed. Mm -hmm. And I, I'll say it out loud. I'm not a fan of the Donald Passman book. I just think that it's so outdated. And even though it's revised nine times, it's still outdated because Donald is an attorney that doesn't even, Ari is an artist. You know what I mean? It's like Ari, Ari associates himself with artists. Donald's company only lets him speak six hours a year on whatever from what I've been told. So when, when that book came out, it made a lot of sense to me. And I was talking to some artists not too long ago and I said, take a real good look around the label system right now. I said, when your favorite artist, the superstars are counting the days until they are out of their record contracts, yeah. that should be telling you something that they want the same freedoms that you have. And what most independent artists don't understand, and this is something that I thought was very attractive when I was researching your company, is the label services side of things. It's like, if you have your own money and you can pay for your own recordings and you have a budget, you can hire out label services. And a lot of times you can hire out the same people that the labels are hiring out to do exactly. their things like certain PR teams and stuff like that. Let's talk a little bit about label, label services, because I think that's something that you guys provide to your artists. But I also think that realistically, if you're listening to this podcast or watching this video, however you're consuming this, there is no physical way for us to manage everyone or provide services for everyone. That's just not feasible. It's not realistic. It just can't happen. So listen to what Jenny is about to say to you, because you might have to do some research on your own to see how you can bring these into your business. But this is what label services is. Please don't DM her. I heard you with Rick and I want you to do my label services. <laughs> that's just because that's what's going to happen. I mean, every day in my Instagram, will you be my manager? Will you be my manager? Will you be my manager? And I'm like, respectfully, you have nothing to manage yet, but let me show you this. Or you're not in a, this is why a manager's not seeking you right now, because when I showed up at your Instagram page, it didn't look like whatever. So let's talk a little bit about label services and what that means. Well, from the, from the onset, when they come in, we like to make sure that they have all their foundations in place. So 
it, that means, um, do they have their PRO, their publishing, all of the things that they're gonna need when they release a song? Because if I'm promoting it and they don't have those things in place, then they're missing out on those royalties. And it's really not feasible for them to promote something that they're not getting a return on. Right. So that's my first thing that I look at. And then if they're, you know, if they went with multiple previous distributions, we like to make sure that those um, all-in-one companies that do the publishing and the um, distribution, if they can get it all under their own publishing, we like to get sure. that set up for them too. Right. Even if that's through even just like their publishing administration. Right. So just making sure that they still have all the control over their assets and um, their create their creative works. I think that's really important. Yeah. And I think what's interesting is you come in and take care of the business stuff that no one likes. I just did a workshop on it recently uh, called Record Label Ready. You are your first yeah. record company. So let's make sure this, this, and this is in place. And it's not the fun stuff. It's not the sexy stuff. But why go hire a publicist to get you all this exposure and get you all these streams if they don't know who to pay? And that's what I've been trying to explain to people. It's like, Yes, we think you're great. Yes, you should get in the studio. Yes, we should shoot a video. But this is what this is the foundation that we have to, right. to lay down first. Now, for a lot of independent artists, you need to understand you are your first manager, you are your first publisher, you are your first admin. So that's why books like what Jenny talked about, Ari's book, and you know, the courses and things that I teach you is I'm giving you the tools to start your business. Because today, I think managers, I think labels want to invest in small businesses that are already working. They're not in the artist development stage that when, when they could find you at a bar or their cousin knew a manager who knew an agent who could pick up the phone, the artist development days are over because the tools and resources that you need to do that, you have access to. And let's talk a little bit about A&R today. When when someone, what is it that when you explain A&R to someone today, artist development, you guys know it's artists and repertoires, what it stands for. But when I tell you that you need to develop yourself as an artist, it's not all about, can you sing? It's not all about, can you perform? There's a lot more that goes into it. So talk a little bit about A&R uh, and what they can do to self A&R themselves today. I think a lot of that is defining their why, you know, why are they doing this? What are they producing and how do we get it out to those people? And I think if we start with the why and people are very interested in what the artist is doing and why they are doing it, then it's easier to sell the product, the music, the t-shirts, the everything. And so knowing that and their branding, making sure their branding is in place, um, all of those things make it so much easier if they have a platform, like a, a cause that they go for. I know uh, some of the artists I work with do a lot with mental health. Um, like I said, we work with Girls Rock Camp. That's our, that's our cause, you know? Right. And those are the, the easy things that you can do and, and build a community around those ideas. 
and bring people in that way. Well, and people like to hang out with people that are like-minded, you yeah. know? So it's the more you know about your fans, the more you know about the type of people that you want to bring into your world. And the more that when, when I think of A&R and I think of getting yourself set up and you talked a lot about branding, is that when people discover you and in, inside my marketing program, the first thing I talk about is discovery marketing. It's like, so you happen to get on a playlist or a PR per or whatever. What happens next when you're not there to guide the conversation, when you're not there to lead the conversation? Do they find your website? If you even have a website, do they get to hear your music on your website? Did you even put music on your website? Did they go to your Instagram and see twerking pictures from three years ago when you thought that was funny to get up on the bar? Is that all running with your brand and with your point. And that's what good A&R does because an A&R person is going to help you with your look. They're gonna help you with the aesthetics of your website and your socials and the conversations that you're having with your people. They're gonna make sure that your music lines up with all of that. They're gonna make sure that everything is cohesive. And that's what A&R is right now is this cohesiveness. The difference is you're not assigned somebody at the label that's going to do that for you. But the good news is there are, a, a lot of people, and now I say a lot, of people that are in the business that are teaching a lot of these things. Unfortunately, a lot of them are just great marketers and they read a book and then they're writing a book about the book they just read or that they bought somebody else's course and now they're teaching that as if it was their own course. So you want to make sure that the people that you're lining up with, you want to make sure that you're doing your research. You want to make sure if someone's selling you artist development services, go to their website, click on the artists they say they represent and see if their websites even look like they're from 2021. You know, go see what their socials look like. Let's go see what they're posting. Let's see if all they're doing is talking about themselves and things like that. So this is where you want to be careful. That's where, you know, I think you do work with Ari's Academy. Uh, and, and there's things like that where Ari's grabbing people. When I share my information with people, I'm, I'm saying, look, you can't have my experience. I can't have anyone's experience. Now I can lease it to you. Now I can share with you from my experience, what worked, what didn't work, what I should have spent money on, where I did spend money that was effective and things like that. So make sure in this artist development stage that just because you record one song and throw it out there, that doesn't make you an artist. That doesn't make you a business just yet. There, Because a, a lot of times, someone's, I sent somebody a, an email. You'll love this, Jenny. So I sent this guy an email this morning, and it was inviting him to a marketing training that I'm teaching today, the strategies that to stop doing in 2022 that no longer are relevant. Right. I want to save him time. I want to get him out there. He goes, well, this isn't what I need. What I need is to learn how to make money with my music. And I'm like, so if you don't have people and lots of people in the streaming world, you are never going to make money with your music. It's just not the way the business model is. People want to invest in you, build a relationship with you, maybe buy a t-shirt from you. I think Jenny and I both would agree that there's a lot bigger markup in a $25 t-shirt than there is in a song that gets streamed 10,000 times. You're waking way more money off the t-shirt. <laughs> so I told the guy, I said, so without an audience, and today, respectfully, you have to market to get an audience because there's 60,000 songs a day getting up on Spotify. And unless it's your mom or your email list, no one's going to magically find you. How do you deal with the mindset 
with new artists when they approach you. Now, I'm not talking about the artists that you have on your label because they've been vetted. You know, it's like you can you, the cool part about what Jenny and I do is we get to hand pick who we want to work with today, which is that great is <laughs> because not all money's the right money. I learned that a long time ago. Uh, when artists come to you through Ari's Academy or if you're speaking at an event, how do you get them to start thinking a different way? And when do you walk away when you can just tell this person doesn't get it? Oh, so I recently had an artist tell me, I just want to tell you what I want and you go do it. And I was like, it is very obvious that you and I are not going to have a working relationship. <laughs> <laughs> so that is a, a big red flag right there. But for the most part, when they come to me, they actually listen. And I think that's, that's great because you know you have to throw out a wide net and when we market we make sure that we're throwing out the biggest net we possibly can and then we take them down what I, I call the fan journey because you have to teach someone how yep. to be your fan yep. you know um and it I equate it to dating like you don't just go oh did you like that let's you know, get married, yeah. you, <laughs> you walk them through this process, you know, it's, oh, do you like that? Well, here's a little bit more information about me. Great. Would you like to exchange numbers? And that's where we get into like our text to subscribe and wonderful like email exchanges. Right. And then you move them into like, they're going to be a super fan because of this, this, and this, but it's taking that wide net and just really gradually walking them through and we do that with our marketing um yeah i teach it through the email nurture sequence i say so yeah. once they come yeah. into your world you gave them what you said you would give them to get that email now you get to control the narrative now you get to take them on the customer journey now you get right. to lead them to the water where at some point i always say you're going to earn the right to offer them something. You are going to earn the right and you're going to create something for them. What are the things that you're seeing today? You know, for a while, uh, Billboard Magazine did an article eight years ago when I created the seven free downloads. You know, the mm -hmm. give me your email and I'll give you seven free songs. And they asked me, well, why are you doing that? I said, because the, the email for a song download isn't new. It's been done for a long time. I said, the problem is, is nobody taught the artists how to do proper email marketing afterwards. So they were sitting on all these emails they didn't know what to do with. I said, but now people don't download songs now. And the reason I did seven is I figured it was what an EP was. And I was like, hey, and they're thinking the psychology was, man, if this guy's going to give me an EP for an email, I'm all in. Now the downloads for emails aren't working. What are you seeing that's working in your space? to get people into your world with their email address? So I like to do a text to subscribe, which is where we offer unreleased music or um, something in exchange for that email through the text. And when we do that, I get both. I get their number and their email. And that email starts that automation sequence. And then that number ends up being our communication directly with them where right. they can text us back and forth. So, so what I tell people is I said, people, they don't want to be a part of a list. 
today I'm, a, I'm unsubscribing from as many lists as possible. Uh, they don't want to join your newsletter because they know all it is is you sending emails talking about yourself. Uh, they want to be a part of exclusive communities. They want to have access to things that not everyone can get. Uh, what, I, what I tell artists is I'm like, hey, go do three or four acoustic versions of your coolest songs and offer that. It's like, hey, I've got this cool content I would love to share with you. Tell me the best email so I know that you get it. Or, hey, I have an invite to this exclusive community. Tell me where to send the invite. I said, that's just a fancy way of saying, give me your email uh, without doing that. Have you seen much resistance in the beginning on the text part? Because that's that's even so much more personal, that, e that, that phone number versus that no, email. No resistance because it's it is so much easier and so is this at like the warm stage obviously the cold stage you you warm them up to ask them for their phone number not hey I, you're awesome let's have sex kind of thing on the first day right like earlier <laughs> so you warm them up so as they get warmer in the situation when you go to offer them something you've had a couple points of reference with them already or a couple points of contact Yes, but we also use the text to subscribe on tour as well. So mm -hmm. that if they've seen you live, that's a yeah. I think really it's easier warm. to do it. Very, yeah, I think it's yeah. easier to do that. But unfortunately, ninety percent of the people that will listen to this podcast or of the sixty-three thousand that are on my list, they aren't touring. Uh, there aren't enough places for them to tour. Depending on when you're listening to this, there was this little thing called COVID uh, that shut down touring there for a while. So before you just drop something on your website that says, send me your phone number, right. uh, learn at what point it's like when you're dating someone, Jenny used a great analogy, know when to go in for the kiss. Yeah. Know when everything feels comfortable enough to say, you know what, there's like a 90% chance that this is going to happen when I lean in. That's right. the same thing when asking for phone numbers and asking for emails. It's like you want to build up to that point because you're not the only person asking them for this. You're not the only artist that they're following right now. What I'm trying to teach you, and I think what Jenny's trying to teach you is how to stand out as not being like the other 40 artists that are going to try to get their attention that day. We're trying to teach you how to do the right things for relationship building because that's all this is. It's yeah. all relationships, you know, note to self, no one has to pay to consume your product. So as a business owner, you're screwed. If you owned a restaurant and everybody could just come in and eat for free and leave, you'd be out of business soon. Ultimately, what they're going to invest in is the relationship that they feel that they have with you. Exactly. If you're the type of person that just shows up and talks about themselves all the time, they have people in their life that are like that, that they don't like to be around. So don't be that artist. If you're the person that shows up, that's always self-serving or always saying how great you are, or you always want something and the relationship is one-sided, it's going to not, and no matter what Jenny and I teach you, it will not help you if you're an a-hole, okay? It will not help you if you just are that, don't be that guy or that gal and you know what I'm talking about. Where can people find out more information about you and and any resources that you might have uh, available for them? Oh, well, you can find out all my information at blueavenuemusic.com. Um, 
I'm also at uh, Artist Hub. So Jenny at artisthub.io. We'll make sure that I'll put all the links and stuff in the notes and things like that. So we're on an elevator. We're on the 10th floor. We're going down to the ground floor. What advice would you give me in that elevator ride? If I'm a brand new artist that I'm like, oh my gosh, you're Jenny Powers. I've, I've seen your stuff. What should I be working on right now? What would you say to me in that elevator ride? Your foundations. Make sure all your foundations are in place because if there's a crack in your foundation, you'll never be able to build your brand. Oh, so you're not going to say hire a radio promoter, go spend $1,500 a month on a publicist, uh, get in the studio with Max. It's interesting, right? That she said the foundation, you know, it's like, it's, it's amazing because that's what I, that's what you, you, you all needed to hear. And I'm so excited that you, you said that uh, because what they think they need is whatever picture has been painted out there. You know, but what they really need is to make, because I always tell people, it's like the reason that I called my, my company, the, the music industry blueprint is because you can have a foundation for a three bedroom house. But if your blueprints are for a five bedroom house, two bedrooms are going to be really screwed because yeah. there's going to be no foundation <laughs> underneath them. So when you guys can lay out, give your, it, here's, here's the reality. And, and I say this not to be Rick the dream killer, but to just share with you, the majority of you will never make a living off of your music. The, the, the whole game has changed, but you can learn to break even. You can learn to make a few bucks doing what it is that you love doing if you take care of the foundation part. What I always tell people is this, if you can make $50,000 a year doing what you love, you're making more than a lot of people going to a job that they hate every single day. And if you get your foundation right and you go focus on your community and you build relationships in that community, it is not hard to make 50 to $60,000 a year. It's really not. It's like, and, and the thing is, is that if all your thought is, is how do I get nominated for a Grammy? Well, there's a lot of broke people with Grammys right now. How do I do this? How do I, no, how do I, get my music in front of as many people as possible. How do I build relationships with those people and be okay breaking even and also be okay just doing it because you love to do it. You know, it's, it's, I love golf. I spend a lot of money on golf. I will never recoup the investment that I've made, but it's something that brings me joy. It's something that brings me passion. Be okay with that. But if you want to treat it like a business, you need to treat it like the business it is, not like the business that you want it to be. And that's where I find myself sometimes having conversations with older artists that have been around for a little while, is that they're so focused on complaining about the way they want things instead of dealing with the way that things actually are. And when we come to you and we say, look, okay, that's great and all, but here's what's working today. We're, we're, we're trying to help you. You know, when you invest in one of the academy courses that Jenny teaches or in any of my courses, what you're buying is speed. You're buying not having to experience 
all the no's and all the mistakes. What you're buying is the ability for us to put you on a faster track. We're waves, okay? The old music business is the old Google Maps that never corrected itself. You just had to go wherever. We're ways recalculating, recalculating, <laughs> recalculating. We are we are hearing from the people that are out there. This is what's working, and this is the fastest way to get there. So when you come to us, think of us like ways, and not that old GPS Garmin that used to sit up on your dashboard with that weighted sandbag that was on it. Jenny, thank yeah. you so much for uh, so much. taking the time to share. This is our first time meeting each other. I, like I said, I've seen what you've been doing with Ari and I just really appreciate you taking this time to share your knowledge and your experience. All the links uh, to find Jenny will be in the show notes and we'll talk again on the next episode sooner rather than later. <laughs>